Digital Gonzo, episode 118, dated Thursday, February 7th, 2013. Predictions from the past. This is something I've been planning to present you folks with for a while. Back when I was doing Digital Cowboys with Tony Atkins, we went through a period starting in February 2009 of asking our guests a list of eight questions. The last of these was, where will gaming be in five years? And this is a collection of their responses. Now, even though as I record this, it's only been four years since the earliest answer, it's particularly relevant now in the wake of the release of the Wii U and as we approach the next two consoles from Microsoft and Sony. Bear in mind as you listen that these predictions cover the time period between February 2014 and May 2015. So there's still time, as I record this, for them to be proved right. This show, as with all predictions, will change organically in perspective over time. Some responses are just plain wrong at the moment, some are vague, some are alarmingly spot on, and a few we will all wish were actually the case. You'll hear from 21 podcasting Nostradamai, as well as myself and Tony Atkins, now of Kane and Rince. This also serves as a fond clip show of some of our most fun interviews, so old fans, you're very welcome. To new listeners, this is what life was like all the way back in 2009. Our first guest is Chris O'Regan of the Super Happy Fun Time Show, and this was Digital Cowboys episode 92 from February 2009. Number eight. Where will gaming be five years from now, realistically? In a flying car. No. Realistically. Um... Realistically, I still think realistically. Um, okay, where would it be now? I Bolt think, yourself down. I think the Dennis Dyack one format thing isn't going to happen um, you don't? because we're not a communist society. <laughs> um, also, so that's not what's going to happen. But what is going to happen? I do think physical media is going to go the way of the dodo, whether we like it or not. Mm. Me being an old pack rat. Mr. Tony has said, <laughs> I find it somewhat galling for the idea that I'm downloading something, but I don't have have it. It's nothing tangible. There's nothing to say that I own this game, even though I've downloaded a fair few games now, a lot of games now, a lot of games on my PSP. I've downloaded. I don't have anything proved that I own them, but they're on my PSP on the little memory card. They're on there. And over time, I think that's what is where the Phantom, unfortunately, will be. You know, it was Reality. a little bit ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> really? You're, it's just a play-all box that you just download uh, all of your stuff from? I think from. the various devices will be, you know, the, the Nintendos, the, the Microsoft, and the Sony. Whether all three of them will still be around is another question. But in five years' time, I do think they're going to go for heavy, heavy... It's just the way it's going to be. You know, they've been I, wanting this for decades. You know, they want them a dumb dumb end terminal that doesn't do anything but play games, and you don't actually leave your couch to get anything. I think iTunes has paved the way. Honestly, I, I nobody think, would have said music would have been the place where it is, you know, even like five, ten years ago. And I think, you know, games are because it's so easy and the boxes are there and they're already starting to do it. And it's it's just time. I don't if think if, if you told people ten years ago this was happening now with Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network mm. and virtual console and stuff, they would call you mad. They would. It is happening and it's great. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to see no, like no disk drives in the next generation of the consoles. I think no, they'll need to be backwards compatibility, if nothing else. There's still going to be another run. 
Yeah. I think you're right. We may still be one generation off from it being entirely on its own. But I think Microsoft, if anyone, uh, and Steam are, are paving the way for just abandoning uh, hot formats. PC's been there for the last couple of years, I think, now with Steam. Mm. Yeah. You're listening to Digital Cowboys. News, reviews, discussions, and uncensored opinions on the world of video games. You're a game company. That's why you make Mario. So if they carry on making a new Mario game, the new Zelda game, the stuff that we've come to rely on, that's all well and good. But the one thing they forgot to show in this conference was anything for that demographic. Move to the next section, you shoot all the guys there, you move to the next section. What other shooter doesn't do this? But it's what they do with the AI to make those shooting sections interesting. I mean, One of the achievements is played for more than 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) When we do an imitation of a Ponzi Brit, do we sound as bad? Yes. yes. I am actually sitting here drinking tea as yeah. we're doing this podcast. Is there a trend in the industry you wish you could do away with? Activision. <laughs> I'm Alex Shaw. I'm Tony Atkins. Next up from Digital Cowboys 97, dated March 2009, Edie Sellers of Gamehounds. Uh, where will gaming be five years from now? I think we'll probably just, maybe just be getting the new next next gen um might have had it out for maybe a year and um it's going to be huge i think we're going to see a lot uh digital downloads um digital distribution solo uh, digital distribution or uh, no more hard copy no more hard copy really five uh, years from now really i re- i think so we have discussed this already, Tony. We, mm-hmm. they, uh, there, there are a lot of barriers in the way, the amount of broadband that is not out there yet. Right. But I think within five years, you're going to see that changing. And I think more importantly, actually, I think the biggest uh, hurdle that they have to overcome is memory. And it's not going to be – that's why I don't think it's going to happen in this uh, particular generation. But I think that once the next generation hits, I think it's going to be nothing but – Hard drive, you know, what's, memory. What's the possibility of storing your, um, basically just keeping the licenses in the, on your hard drive and then just streaming from a uh, memory that's kept online? The cloud. Yeah. Cloudware. In one generation, in five years. What's the possibility I don't of that? Think, I don't think, uh, maybe. Maybe think- not in five years, but I think in the next generation of games that's going to be a possibility. I think that, that with that is it's essentially taking the cost um, fra- away from the consumer and putting it on the publisher and i think that the, that the cost is just a little prohibitive i mean yeah. look at look at world of warcraft it took freaking two years before they got their servers right yeah and even but, yeah. now their servers need constant updates and you know upgrading and oh we need to have a system shut down for two hours do you really want that from your games well, what I personally, I, I still don't say even in five years' time that we're going to see a console without a disk drive in it, whatever that disk drive may be, it be Blu-ray or whatever. They'll want backwards compatibility of nothing else. No, but the, the reason I, I feel like this, I just, if you look at iTunes, you know, yes, it's used, and yes, the music industry is, is lent on that now, you know, something tremendously, and if anything, it's actually saved the music industry. But at the same time, CDs still sell millions and millions of copies each year, and I just, I can't um, imagine the music industry going completely digital. It's the same way I can't imagine the game industry just saying, "No, we're done with games on this," you know, because not everybody understands how that stuff works. And I think maybe 
Well, Microsoft's only got half of its people online so far, so... But yeah, yeah the generator... We're, we're talking about people that don't know about podcasts, and there's no people know that you can download games onto a, you know, a service. I, I still think next generation, no. The generation after... Maybe. There's enough savvy people at that point to actually get what they're doing, but... It needs baby steps. The Wii needs to be more online. Or whatever the follow-up to the Wii is, they need to sort of gently introduce online transactions there. And I know Japan, and specifically Nintendo, don't like online because of all the sexual predators out there, but they're going to have to basically dip their toe into the waters because that's the future. And I I disagree with you. I think that it's evidenced by the fact that iTunes is now the world's largest music distributor. (laughs) It was only two years ago it was number two, and five years ago it was number five. It seems like it's been gaining a spot every single year, which means it is not just doing well. It's growing. Whereas all other aspects of distribution, you know, all of the retail distribution isn't growing. It's stagnating. Games and music, two completely different media. True, but it's it's the same principle of that you are seeing the, the, the traditional ways of buying any kind of digital entertainment have stagnated. They've run their course. There is this entirely new way of doing it, and there's no way to gauge how soon it's going to be before it overtakes the other one because we don't know the rate of the acceleration of what it's doing now. I will bet you a buffalo nickel that in five years' time, whatever three consoles on the market, if there are even three, they will have disk drives. You don't think there will be five or three consoles in the market in five years? Maybe not. Maybe one of them is going to basically, well, I, I think we know which one's going to probably lose this particular battle. Uh, but uh, if there are... Do you think Sony would really drop out of the game completely? I didn't say Sony, but yeah. <laughs> I think ultimately, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think that they would drop uh, out completely, but they may have to think about doing something different or con- uh, cons- maybe combining their PlayStation 4 or whatever it is with some other device to make it... I mean, ultimately, they made the Blu-ray player. Well, how do they jump it up the next time, ultimately? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what may actually prove me... But it's going to need a destruct, is what I'm saying. ...is the, the rumours and speculations that the PSP 2 will have no UMD drive at all and it's all going to be downloadable onto the actual, you know, the memory of that system. That would if be that is the case, then I think five it's years' time... There may be because then that Sony really putting their you know their foot out there and going you know what sod sod game stores you know sod GameStop, but and I, I still have my doubts. Extra interesting because they're Japanese and I would always have assumed that Microsoft were going to be the ones to leap headlong into that one. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, especially because Microsoft tends to have this culture of, oh, everything you need to do, you need to do it through us. You want that hard drive? Oh, you need to buy this particularly mm-hmm. expensive, jacked-up price hard drive. Oh, you want to migrate your gamer tag? Oh, you need to buy this memory card that's 50 bucks. <laughs> so, Eddie, do you want to take me up on that bet? Of what? I said one buffalo nickel if whatever consoles out there in five years' time have uh, hard drives – you give me a buffalo nickel. If they don't, oh, I think they'll. Oh, I think that they will all have hard drives. Actually. Not hard. Sorry, disk drives. Disk drives. Oh, yeah. I think they will all have disk drives. But uh, I don't uh, think that, that. I think the disk drives are going to be primarily for playing uh, Blu-ray dri- uh, movies and for um, backwards compatibility. I don't hmm. think that they're going to be. You're going to see digital distribution being much closer to the mainstream way that people get games. I'd say so yes, I, I, definitely in 10 years, not in 5. Definitely in 10 years. <laughs> I think it's gonna start, we'll start to see it in 5. Okay. That's right. Sony will put a disk drive in and eventually they need to cut costs and they get rid of the disk drive altogether so you have no backwards compatibility and then, yeah. 
history just repeats. Yep. Next up, Daniel Floyd of Extra Credits on uh, Digital Cowboys 101, April 2009. I guess, I don't know, I would say probably much the same. Maybe they'll have announced new consoles by then. Actually, they probably will have at least announced them by then. I think if we're going to change any of these questions, it's going to be this one, because it traps people. They think, uh, do, do I say another console, or do I say download only everywhere? I mean, five years isn't that long, so ultimately the answer is always going to be a bit yeah, kind really, of cautious. You know, it's if it's like 10 years, you say, oh, one, yeah, it'll be a one-console future. But five? Maybe uh, copy protection will have chilled out a little bit by then. I don't know. Or got I worse. Th- I think copyright <laughs> law is in flux at the moment because everyone's using everything all over the place. I mean, Little Big Planet, perfect example, and, and now they've just uh, added like sort of um, ability to you know make your own braid levels and put your own stuff in there. Of course, they're going to get Mario stuff immediately. Are they going to clamp down on it straight away? I mean, they have to just accept that everyone's stealing from everyone right now, and they're not necessarily making money from it. They're basically, they're tarring everything with the same brush of if you take this this. Um, IP, you're gonna clearly be making money from it, and anyone who, you know, either that or either you're making money from it or you're not, it doesn't matter, we've still gotta basically clamp down on you. They're gonna have to accept that unless you are making money from it, just leave it. Seriously. Yeah, but, it's, it's free advertising for God's sake. People yeah, aren't yeah. gonna stop playing Super Mario Brothers because there's a Mario level in Little Big Planet. Yeah, but then the problem is you say, okay, they're not making any money of it, but you know, Media Molecule essentially are making money from it because there's a Mario level there uh-huh. and, it, and it's being advertised and somebody sees that being advertised and they buy that game due to the fans of that level. And, that's and essentially they've made money from it. It's, it's legal jargon. And that, I was you know, thinking about the uh, the users, not actually... The user people. doesn't make money right. from it, but yeah, yeah, there's a possibility that you know those Metal Gear levels, those Mario levels, you know those copied levels, the reasons that Media Molecule are making money. And unfortunately, we live in a world where everybody wants a piece of the pie and that's you know, something that isn't really going to change I don't think anytime soon fortunately Metal Gear was something they could rein in and monetize and actually put out packs for and charge you for but uh, Ma- Mario Little Big Planet not legally going to happen ever sadly <laughs> From Digital Cowboys 103, dated April 2009, Tim Wilsey, formerly of Gamehounds and The Widget. Where will gaming be in five years from now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be, I, I'm hoping, this is my hope, I think we're going to see uh, a balancing out of the commercial stuff to the kind of art house stuff a little bit. And... Uh, because of the explosion of downloadable gaming, uh, or, or like subscription gaming services, or whatever whatever may come, I think we're going to see smaller, more personal, independent titles come out because they are more easily delivered via that method than the new, you know, eight gigabyte super, you know, awesome game that's coming out with a ridiculously high development budget. I think it may be right. So a, a second renaissance for uh, tiny games of the uh, kind of uh, Atari 2600 Spectrum kind of era. 
one can only hope. But remember, back then those games weren't ex- those games were not little tiny art house games. Those were the big games. Very true. Next up from Digital Cowboys 106, May 2009, Cooper Hawks, also formerly of Gamehounds. Uh, it's funny. I actually just wrote up an article on Gamehounds about where I thought it was going to be. Uh, it hasn't gone up yet because uh, my editor hasn't uh, approved it yet. The um, hmm. I really think that we're going to see if uh, God. I'd like to think that something like on live is possible, uh, and could consolidate everything down into a single console experience. I just I don't see it really happening. I you know it's one of those fingers crossed type things. But honestly. The next, the next generation of consoles is not going to have uh, any type of physical media. That's one thing I think for sure. Are you talking about all of them? All of them. Oh. Maybe, well, maybe Nintendo because See. Nintendo is a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> Everybody and says that, and we can't every, agree, can we, Al? I, I've just, said for the record, I think one of them will be all um, non-physical media, and I think at least two will trail. And if I just if think there's two. Microsoft has pretty much said that that's going to be how their next one is. Which is why I suspect that they will be the ones leading the way. The next generation of the consoles will have a disk drive. I think the generation thereafter won't. I just don't think the the whole world of... You know, bear in mind, there's so many people that have, um, say, a 360. It's 50% of the market that isn't online. You're just, mm-hmm. you're just going to cancel away 50% of the sales just because you, you, you're thinking, well, maybe by then they're going to have broadband. No, of course they're not. So I, I just think maybe the, the infrastructure isn't there yet. And I, yeah, 10 I, years' time, definitely. Five years' time, no. I, I actually have an idea on how they can get away with that. Shoot. Okay. Uh, memory units. You go to stores, you purchase your games on the memory units, and they un- upload to your machines. But you're still buying something physical. You're buying a memory unit. There's mm. no actual physical game involved. Imagine how many memory units you'd have to keep buying. I know, you just buy one. I mean, let's face it. I suppose drive, if it's just stuff. like a flash drive type, like yeah, a little... Yeah, exactly. Like, five years from now, a flash drive... For, let's let's say, for example, what, what what's the PlayStation 3? 50 gig? Let's say 30 gigs. Let's say that it's, that you can you can get yourself a, a nice 30 gig memory unit for your you know X station X station Wii. Yeah, okay? comes in the box. There you go. It come it has to come in the box because that's the only way it's going to work. Internal hard drive has you know uh, X amount of hundreds of gigabytes. Uh-huh. Uh, the you know it's it's swappable. It needs to be swappable. It's the only way it's going to work. You can compress. You can unload, etc. Just all. That way, that would be that would be the way you make it work. If well, why the hell would you go down to a game store to do that? Why not just sit on your ass at home and get it downloaded? Because, no, because it's you, like Tony was saying, because of broadband penetration. Not mm-hmm. everybody is online. Okay. Okay, actually, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, the article's coming up in a couple of days. Check it out and, and make sure you comment on we it. We will put a link in the show notes, mate. And it may actually be the only way that uh, you know stores will be able to keep going as well you know certainly game stores will be able to keep going if they can have this facility where they can just you know give this stuff to people mm. exactly you know, it just i actually remember back in the day that there, when when the super nintendo was going there was rumor of that some sort of like blank cartridge you could get where you go to a store they put a game on the blank cartridge and then you just keep going back and it just sounds like exactly that just way ahead of its time yeah but now it'll work yeah and that, that would have made no sense in the day, because there was nothing to just download it onto. It was a SNES, so, yeah. Digital Cowboys 110, June 2009. Mr. Bobby Blackwolf from The Bobby Blackwolf Show. God, I, I hope that we're still using controllers. Yes. Mm-hmm. In five years, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I do not think that the controller is a barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. Uh, my TV remote control has more buttons than an Xbox 360 controller, and my parents can use it just fine. Yep. 
So I, I'm, I'm, that's why I hate when they're saying, oh, our biggest barrier to entry is this controller. We've got to do motion controls where you have no buttons, blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> I want to sit on my couch and hit a few buttons and relax. I don't want to jump around and act like I'm on a skateboard just to play a skateboard game. I don't want to have to get up and, you know, I mean, I, I like the premise of some of the stuff that they're going to be doing with, you know, uh, Project Natal and this whatever Sony's calling their thing. Uh, I think Sony's on a better track because they say something. I think they call Sony it Wii Motion Plus. <laughs> yeah, it's Sony's response to Wii Motion Plus. But they, they had it right. They're like, sometimes you still need a button. And I'm like, yes. Yes, you do. And and that's what Microsoft forgot, trying to do the whole minority report type of thing, which would be cool to do once. I'd love to control my dashboard like Tom Cruise did in Minority Report. That's But that's like once or twice. Not nope. a lot. So I hope we're still we're still using controllers. And we met, we'll probably see like the next generation of consoles by then, but I don't think it's going to be as much of a leap. And it will be it, because of the economy. I don't think we're going to see the consoles anytime sooner. Um, it, we're going to have a little bit longer life cycle just because people aren't going to want to buy a new $500 console yeah. next year or the year after. Let's I think, prove the PS3 for sure. Yeah. I think it's the uh, interactivity is going to be the next leap rather than uh, the power because, the, yeah, frankly, yeah, it's been proven. It, it's not needed at the moment. It's it's not the big seller. Well, mm. we, we But that could been... spell doom for uh, you know certain types of games. They may end up dormant for a while until everyone gets sick of the fad. We've gone heavily into the whole motion control thing anyway, but yeah, you know, I, I still think that the controller's not going anywhere soon. I think I, and even I think Natal is the kind of thing where it's going to kind of also support the controller as well as you playing games, and it's going to be a, more of a uh, an interesting split than just you know five years time we, we're all going to be just pointing at our screen with a controller or not with a controller. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going anywhere for now. Now here's Lee Alexander from Gamma Sutra and Kotaku. This was Digital Cowboys 111, dated June 2009. Oh, gosh, no idea. I feel like five years ago we couldn't have predicted where we are. Yeah. Um, where will it be five years from now? Gosh, I, I feel like really we're, in a, we're at an exciting time because you know, I, I really feel that, let's say, the late PlayStation 2 era was like the high classical period of gaming. And, and you know, if you sort of follow the, the time cycle for art, we should be, you know, stagnating and being on a decline right now. And and for a while it seemed like we were. You know, we were we we got into heavy heavy sequelization mode. Budgets were too high for anybody to innovate, and and the 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 sticker prices kept crawling up. All the technology remained fairly the same. We were headed for this boringly realistic uncanny valley. You know, there were a lot of worrying markers two or three years ago that I just don't see anymore. I feel like we've sort of averted a crash. Uh, in the growth of our art, um, thanks to, you know, thanks to the explosion of indies and, 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 you know, really exciting design innovations coming out of the independent community, um, you know, Nintendo can be credited for, you know, really breaking down barriers with that control scheme and showing that there are some great lateral moves that we can make without having to advance technology much. And, and Microsoft and Sony are, are following suit, you know, that, just by changing the input, you can change the entire experience. Um, I think that um, the rise of of, uh, of broadband internet and more people can play online and more things can be distributed uh, digitally in in smaller formats is is hugely promising for game design. Um, I think that you know our great thinkers hopefully will continue to work on ways to drive player engagement. Um, so a couple years ago, I would have had a very different and and kind of bleak answer to the same question, but it, the industry is is morphing and, and, and 
being amoebic and surprising us at every turn. So I think what's most exciting to me about five years about five years from now is that I have no clue. Yeah, the the funny thing is um, we have a, a lot of the same answers over and over again for the, whatever we've been doing this show for a long time. Um, and it, I think once E3 has come around now, and I think now you've seen Sony and Microsoft jump into this area and, and showing their motion controllers and just talking about how these boxes are going to be around for a lot longer than what we've previously been uh, thinking. I think this question, every time we do, um, uh, uh, every time we do this, changes because I, I, you know, I think the the big three are really going different directions now. And it's becoming really, really exciting to see where we could actually be in five years from now, not just a more powerful box, which was the normal answer. Sure, yeah. I, I actually wrote an article today on Gamasutra about how Nintendo made this very small and yet very significant um, design innovation. I didn't use the word dick measuring contest, but um, I, used equi- <laughs> I, 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 used, I used equipment measuring contest because that was really what it was on both fronts, the, the, you know, the hardware arms race. I think that everyone is seeing now that that's not the way to advance games or to attract audiences. And um, I think that having very, very disparate console options is going to be a great thing for everybody. This is Kelly and Chris Brown of The Married Gamers, and they were on Digital Cowboys 112 in July 2009. Where will gaming be five years from now? Still trying to figure out where they're going to be five years from then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, seriously, I think that, I think that they're, the, the gaming industry is always trying to ramble up for the next five years. I mean, I don't think that it's ever going to be satisfied where it's at currently. It's always trying to get ahead. It's never a content, it's never content where it's at. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think that in five years we're going to see a new Xbox. We will be in a new Xbox console. Mm-hmm. We will see a new PlayStation console. Whether if we will uh, see a new PlayStation console at a different price range, <laughs> probably higher than it already is. Probably. <laughs> probably um, not. <laughs> probably not. Who knows? Um, well, I they'll bring it out again with slight differences and go, it's the same price point as the PS3 was seven years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's I think we, not good. <laughs> I think the tall will be out. I think we probably will see the first person in jail for using Natal pornographically. Oh, God. Um, Do you honestly think that Milo's going to hit market? I have this feeling that, you know, that's, that was very much a tech demo and as much as they yeah, would love to push was. this on, push this on to, um, you know, the gaming public, they know that a lot of people will just mistreat this and there'll be YouTube videos all over the place of them just messing around with that character. I, I think it's more interesting technology for future games that aren't necessarily going to be quite manipulating with a little 13-year-old boy. Or when Milo comes out, he'll be a 42-year-old man with a beard. He'll look like Marcus Phoenix and he'll carry a chainsaw gun. And he'll be like, <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, what you been doing? Nothing. Hand me that chainsaw gun. Um, yeah, I've been doing my homework. My homework is killing. Um, so anyway, Chris, where will gaming be in five years from now? God. Well, I was simply going to be witty and, and say that it turns out that the Wii is a Dr. Julian villain. And uh, <laughs> exterminate, exterminate. No, um, you know, five years from now, the thing I fear most is, especially in this economic downturn, it's easy to turn something like video games into villains. Mm. And uh, and politicians know how to use that. So my big fear is in that uh, uh, whether it be uh, whatever country that uh, video games will get over regulated and uh, and that it will ruin 
the the art, ruin the craft, maybe even possibly eliminate some of those uh, favorite uh, in, installments of your of your favorite FPSs or whatnot. And uh, so, stay vigilant, uh, vote, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can prevent some of this stuff that may or may not come down the pike, uh, and avoid that sort of that sort of uh, uh, artistic uh, uh, crackdown. It's like a PSA. Have a bomb as a president. We have nobody in the country that really aspires us in the UK. That's yeah, we we're, we're, we're oh, kind of well, fierce of you guys now. Yeah, yeah, a year ago, we well, were like, well, oh, here's the thing: smart people know that Obama uh, doesn't look at video games as you know. He looks at video games sometimes as a detriment, especially when it comes to uh, obesity and and learning in schools. And there's something to be said about that. But I wouldn't trust, and, and I'm a big Obama fan. Uh, but I wouldn't trust Obama as as uh, the great champion of of creative freedoms. He's got in terms of video games. He's got too many other things on his plate right now. There's quite a few other important things to deal with before the entertainment industry. Next up is Mike Oldman, PR for IDOS in Digital Cowboys 113, July 2009. That's interesting. Um, it's very interesting, certainly after E3. Um, it's difficult to say. I don't. I don't feel like it's. It's necessarily going to go to an all new place that's completely different. You know, we're, we're obviously getting all this motion control stuff that's coming in, and the community vibe and social networking stuff is all very important. But I think we're, we're sort of teetering on the edge of that already now. So I don't think we'll see any drastic changes. I certainly don't think there's going to be any major hardware revisions coming up. Mm. Um, so you can be fairly confident that the three boxes you've got sat in front of your TV now are probably still going to be there, um, or certainly the majority of them are. Um, how the motion stuff goes is anyone's guess at this point. I think the most important stuff that came out of E3 was Microsoft's announcement for Twitter and Facebook. Um, yeah, yeah. 360. Um, so... Hopefully it will just get bigger and better. Um, I think that's that's certainly the case. You know, the industry is huge now. But I, I've got to disagree and say that I think Natal. Were, uh, I, I'm, I've been bad, blabbering on about this for ages, but I really think Natal is going to have significant uh, impact in the future. Um, I suppose. I hope so. Yeah. The, the the Facebook the social networking thing is something that could really make Xbox Live you know it, it could make people who currently own Wii's maybe start leaning towards Xbox Live which is a great thing so you're right there yeah well and you know Microsoft are going are clearly quite quite clearly going off to that that PS2 crowd now as well you know there's all these people that own PS2s that never yeah, true never moved on to PS3 because it was either too expensive or something maybe didn't get a Wii yeah. and Microsoft now sort of going well you know we'll have you. Sure, I think it's like 120 million PS2 owners and only 50 million Wii owners, so that is a hell of a lot of other people who are still looking about, yeah. But I agree, Nassau was amazing, blew me away. I just just think that something interesting is going to come from that, even if it turns out to be games that we don't like specifically at all, but do drag in grandmas to finally onto (laughs) Xbox for a change. Uh, Connect. Anyway, next up, Zach Maynard of the Unknown Gamers of St. Louis, Digital Cowboys 115, July 2009. Question six. What's your favorite piece of music from any video game? Race driving. (laughs) Race driving. No. Um, Super Metroid. Uh, When you're in Brinstar, the Red Soil theme to it. Red Soil. Okay. The very mellow but serious toned music. Uh, it, it, every time I heard it, it just you know 
drove chills up my spine because I liked it so much. Yeah, for that. Last question. Where will gaming be five years from now? Well, I kind of think of it more as we'll be, you know, we'll be advanced in technology and such. We may be on our new systems, but I actually do see digital distribution taking over. Uh, I really don't see... I, I still sort of see a physical media, but not as in uh, you go to a store and you literally buy a disc. Um, I think when you, like an episode or two before, somebody was talking about a media where you take it to the store, mm. you download it, and then you can actually put it on your system and it stays on your system. I don't remember who it was. Was it Hawks? I remember having that conversation, yeah, where the, the, the whole idea of it was that you go to a shop, say, with a supplied memory card or a, you know, a flash drive or whatever, it's going to be packed in with a box, you go to the store, you buy a, your, your game off a, off a kiosk desk and then you walk back, plug it into your, your console and off your way you go. So there's, there's still digital downloads as such, but if you aren't connected to the internet, there's a way you can get around it other than going to the store and buying the physical disc. I mean, that was the idea. Yeah, but I, I basically see digital, digital distribution just going big, just huge. So just the necessary of not having a physical media will be probably wiped out. Well, we we have, we have to argue this so many times because I think literally almost all but maybe a couple of people where we've done these questions with all come up with the same stuff where uh, digital distribution is the thing that's going to be a, a reality in, in five years, almost a reality now, let's face it. Um, whether that will mean the death of um, hard copy discs, I don't think we, we're going to know for another few years yet. I mean, I still, my opinion has always been, I, I still feel there's enough people out there that don't have access to a decent broadband connection or any broadband whatsoever, and I don't see that changing uh, massively within the next five years. So you don't leave 40% of your core market, or 40% of a market, even if it's not your core market, out in the drive. And that's why I think we had to come up with this new scenario. If they don't have a disk drive on them, that you're still going to have to have ways to, to get games onto that console um, if uh, if you don't have the internet. Well, another thing just popped in my head. That it, it could be where it could be uh, instead of disk format, thumb drives and such. Uh, there could be like an altercation where it actually is a burned image, but it cannot be ripped or actually formed off of the off of the uh, the thumb drive. Uh, I kind of think of it as a as a new generation cartridge, and with a media proprietary where it actually uh, doesn't allow it to be used in different physical, uh, let's say, just a, a laptop USB, it'd be an altered USB that actually cannot be used in another system unless it's specifically made from the company that makes the system that actually allows the sale of the cartridge. Uh, so and so what you're basically... You're basically saying now is DRM. If, you, if people think DRM now is bad, wait until you see in five years' time when you're actually going to have this digital copy put onto a, a, an item. But it's it's going to be probably time period between getting it from place A to B, and that you it's once it's on that system, it can only be you know completely locked to that system. There will be no way to break the code to take it off from there. I think we could end up in a, a really messy situation if because uh, you know let's face it, if you've got a digital file being given to you by the manufacturers. If, if that stuff hits the internet and there's no safeguards around that, that's going to be a yeah, it's, that's a minefield. Yeah. yeah, it's it's totally everywhere. So, but yeah, well, well there's there's five years, so you never know, anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Lane Stryker and Leah Haydu, formerly of Some Other Castle. Digital Cowboys 117, August 2009. Where will gaming be five years from now? Um, one paragraph. <laughs> Quick and short. Um, yeah. Probably in very similar position that we're in today, but with multiplayer that works more frequently and is smoother and everybody's online experience will be better. I don't think immersion control is going to blow the world away or anything. I think... You know, we'll be about here, except everyone will probably be online, or a very vast majority of people who own consoles. Even on Nintendo? I think so. Imagine how many friends codes you'd have to have. They will have another console in five years that will have the internet. Miyamoto says you're wrong. He's only... (laughs) He He might get outvoted by shareholders, so, (laughs) you know. Gotta get with him. Full virtual reality suits and time travel. I like that. (laughs) Do, do we, I'm not 100% sure what purpose the time travel is going to serve, but it'll be there. Cheeseburgers from in-game to out. There you when go. you That's say full virtual reality suits... Like, like, complete pet <laughs> body. Yours won't have pants. Ah, uh, it's no. not real. I'll <laughs> just have to attach the sensors to my legs. He just wants to play the fox in Persona. I mean, just that. I totally want to play the fox. Neil Brooks of Gamerdork and Leon Cox, formerly of Gamerdork, now Kane and Rince. Digital Cowboys 118, August 2009. Where will gaming be five years from now? Or, what game would you like to see remade? We are going to be moved or heavily persuaded towards downloadable media. Mm -hmm. Um, Project Natal is not going to have overtaken the world like everybody thought it did. Mm -hmm. Nintendo are probably still going to be at the forefront. With the Wii. With the <laughs> enjoying the tenth Christmas at number one. Yeah, I very very possibly, and Peter Molyneux will still be at it. Nobody will have managed to convince him just to be quiet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I like somebody that. will agree with you with that. But yeah, carry on. And Ratsa. Uh Games that I'd love to see remade. There are millions. There's a lot I want to see on XBLA, but in terms of a of a, an up to date remake, Pilot Wing sixty four. Yes. Joe Delaire and Sinan Kuba, formerly of Big Red Potion, Digital Cowboys 123, October 2009. And number five, where will gaming be five years from now? Quickly, please. The same place <laughs> it is right now. Really? With motion control. Everyone desperate. Oh, yeah, that's guaranteed. Motion control. Boring. Virtual reality in space. Really? Fantastic. Virtual yeah. reality in space or... Were- well, no, see that you told him he can't explain. So, yeah, no, right. no, 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 sorry, sorry. There you go. That's fine. Jamie Cheng of Clay Interactive, Digital Cowboys 129, November 2009. And here's the one that's always divides our audiences. Where will gaming be five years from now, aside from all playing the latest Clay games? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everybody wants to play Clay games. Um,. You know, I, I don't really want to go into you know technology or anything like that. I, I think everybody okay. fails in, in deciding what's going to happen there. Mm. Uh, but I think that there's you know certain trends that's um, very clear to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the main one is that uh, you know there's there, right now there's um, basically two kinds of games. You have you know kind of McDonald's kind of games, and you have um, five star ten course meals kind of games. Hmm. Right, and so you know that's kind of in in general th- those are the, the the dividing things. There's a lot in between, but they're not mainstream at, at, yet. 
Um, so, you know, when you're playing a AAA game, that's a five-star, ten-course meal. takes you a long time to play. You know, and not everybody wants to go and sit down and do that. Um, and some people do. Um, and, in fact, the people who do also don't want to do that all the time. So I think that over time, in five years, we're going to have a much broader range, which also means a much broader range of price point. Um, and, uh, you know, all of that will be mainstream. Like, all of that, everybody will be able to choose and enjoy the different bits and pieces of, of video gaming. Slightly coming off that question, uh, just to expand a little bit more. Um, would Shank be possible? Well, obviously, Shank, we, we assume is a downloadable game. I know you've not announced anything, but with the downloadable service expanding over uh, you know the last well, two, three or four years, shall we say, would Shank or your company kind thing be possible without you know the expansion of the downloadable services, both from Xbox, PSN, and, and Nintendo? No, no, absolutely not. When I started the company. Uh, there was no such thing as this downloadable stuff. Um, well, actually, there was, I guess. I, c- I could put it on the casual games portals, you know, uh, mm. you know, alongside Bejeweled, which I did, by the way. Eats, Eats was alongside Bejeweled, and <laughs> it, it failed miserably. Um, it was critically and, uh, uh, well-received, though. Yes, it was very critically well-received, and, and the, the point is that I had the wrong market, right? Mm. Uh, it was not a casual game. It was, it was somewhere in the middle. And, and that's, you know, what I've been talking about. Um, so the way that Clay exists right now, being able to develop original IP, being able to develop something like Shank, uh, which is not, you know, a, a, a crazy huge experience, but it is a very full experience. It's not something that we could have built um, a few years ago with the same people. Uh, it's just there will be no market for it. Digital Cowboys 133, Dominic Diamond from Games Master, December 2009. You know, I'm going to admit this, uh, just to, just to match you for, for shamefulness. Um, you, you, do you remember when Super Mario 64 came out? Tony, Dom? Yeah. One of the best games of all time. Fantastic soundtrack. I was in the habit at that point of putting on CDs while I was playing, and I am very, very ashamed to say that, um, the first Spice Girls CD got played many, many times while I was playing those few levels. And so now whenever I That's see it. Mario swimming, I just think about Two Become One or some other nauseating fucking song from that piece of shit album. I'm, and I'm gone from here, dude. I feel That's dead it. inside. I'm sorry. <laughs> if it helps... Do you know, I, I, really thought, I really thought that was going to go in a completely different direction. <laughs> I thought it was going to be so. You remember when, that, when Mario 64 came out? I used to sit playing it while a fully grown elephant blew ketamine up my ass. That happened as well, but only in the later levels. I had to get through the Spice Girls bit first. I suppose I kind of made up for it by playing Tomb Raider 2 while listening to Natalie Imbruglia. Oh, nice one. Much better. Okay. Um, blank so. face, careful cow that she is. <laughs> but it's such a lovely blank face. Uh, yeah. Question five, final question, Dom. Where will gaming be five years? Where will gaming be five years from now? Oh, I know this is the correct answer. The Uh, correct answer to this is always virtual reality, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you ask someone. From 1980 onwards, fully immersive virtual reality. That's the answer. Did you guys see that gamer film? Oh, no. I haven't because it actually, I, I was kind of insulted by it. Because again, it's it's aiming at like a fifteen year old boy demographic with like you know retarded amounts of violence in it. I mean, it is it any good? No, it's, it's awful. It's a real disappointment because the guys uh, the guys who directed that the guys who did the two crank, crank movies, yeah. which is, which is first one, Norman. 
you know. But oh no, Gamer is one of the best. I was so looking forward to it. I liked the concept of it, mm. but oh, so because it's just The Sims gone mad, and it was just so disappointing. So anyway, um, uh, I, I was quite interested in the way, I, I the, the two, the biggest increase in gaming in the last five years has been uh, online play. And the biggest growth part of the internet is porn. So this, there has got to be a convergence of the two, and that convergence <sighs> Online is porn portrayed in Gamer, where there will be some horrific, sick, psychosexual form of game where you will actually genuinely control live people acting out in a space. I honestly, uh, do you know what? Maybe I'm... Imagine the charges for that on a daily basis. Imagine it. I mean, you know, you pay 10 quid a week, a month for Warcraft. Yeah. So... Okay. I think also there's um. That is uh, a dark dystopian future you're dreaming up there. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to live in. Actually, no, I do want to live in that future. I'm talking about. That well, awesome. yeah. The other thing that's um, it's so interesting because I, I um, there's a, a video game developer called HB Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, who've done a lot of the ports of uh, FIFA onto uh, PlayStation 2 and PC and and things. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the glamorous ports of it. <laughs> and uh, they're based just down the road from me in Lunenburg. And I got to know a couple of guys. I play football with them on, on Monday nights. And we were having this exact same conversation in the pub. And we were talking about Facebook gaming um, and arguing whether it was worth people pursuing that now or whether you've kind of missed that whole thing as a, as a developer. Um, I sadly think that uh, that whole Mafia Wars, Vegfil, Farmville thing mm. is going to become the most, in terms of numbers, the most popular form of gaming in the next couple of years. That makes me sick to my yeah, core, just exactly. thinking about that fucking awful kind of gaming. And you know, the, and you know, the worst thing is, is that I sit here and I say, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I, I don't have time, I would love to sit down and carry on with Fallout 3, but I worry about not having the, the time yeah. to make that emotional connection. I sit every day and spend it's only ten minutes because that's just how mindful is on Mafia Wars. Yes. God. <laughs> I completed every level of New York finally the other day and I sit there and this 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 thing I'm not even gonna call it a game because it gives it too much kudos. This thing is punching me in the nuts <laughs> with the sheer waste of time and sheer just insult of of someone like me playing it and treating it as a G A M E. And yet I still go on every day just to effectively Subtract. I mean, that's it's just so it's just looking. I've got 695 points left. This stupid bank job in Russia is 115. How many can I? Oh my! How demeaning! What an insult to all those great. How one is it? People like Archer McLean, who sits there, who's probably one of the finest mathematicians <laughs> outside of Stephen Hawkins, who spends his whole life working out how to get the perfect trajectory of a snooker ball along with a just subtracting this dumb game because oh you get to whack people in it. How sad, how pathetic. But sadly, that is that is going to be the future of gaming. If somebody can get that, effectively, it's like a reboot of gaming because if people can get those people and just shove them in the direction of a a kind of gentle kind of Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty kind of Japanese RPG direction, then you know you might have a whole kind of that parallel universe theory. You like have this parallel gaming world going on alongside the likes of, you know, people who've been into it for a long time. That whole episode is available on this very feed. If you haven't listened to it yet, I honestly recommend you go back and check out the whole thing because that was a wonderful moment for Tony and I. 
Next up, Tara and Sassy, the most popular girls on the internet. Digital Cowboys 48, March 2010. Question 5. Where will gaming be five years from now? I have definitely have thoughts on this, and this is something that Tara and I talk about a lot. Okay. I am hoping that it will be opening up more genres and that it, it could be more like interactive movies. And I think Heavy Rain is kind of opening up that. I just bought it. I haven't played it as much, but it sounds like what I'm thinking of, of you're playing a character and you're following the story and it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. But what I'm hoping will happen is that we can get beyond the idea of a game just has to be, I'm shooting something, I'm going through this level, where it could be um, a romantic comedy, where you have to get a couple together, which probably isn't very interesting to the hardcore gamers or people who like the first-person shooter, but probably would be very interesting to a lot of people who don't play those kind of games at all. I have a feeling those game kind of games actually exist. They're just in Japan. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think you're right, Tony. Well, they always do everything first, don't they? So I'm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping that you know that will, because you know we've talked about getting women into gaming, and you could market them very differently, and and maybe only have them be you know three or four hours long. So it's. You know, hopefully not quite as expensive, but, you know, have more of an interactive movie experience. I think that would be something I would like a little more because, you know, I play Mass Effect 2 and my worst parts are like, oh, i got to shoot some people again now. <laughs> okay, i got to get through this so I can get back to the interesting parts. Yeah. <laughs> so. that's, a, that's a whole conversation. Yeah, I want to tackle yeah. one day for sure. I see, I see gaming as going more mobile. So I would see devices that are like consoles with um, with a 3G service that you could connect to a service like Live mm. and still play with other players. Um, I also see more people that will probably go more controllerless, uh, especially with Microsoft releasing Project Natal. And I Sony's, we'll like, it's called Move right now. At last, yeah. Today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I prefer Gem, but carry on. <laughs> And so I, I think we're going to, you know, I think gaming is going, I think it's going to be a lot more widely accepted. It, it's already, I mean, surpassed the film industry. Um, I, but I definitely think we're going to be less at, attached to our televisions and more on mm-hmm. the move with gaming. I think yep. you're right about the whole film industry thing. There's more and more good games coming out and less and less good films to me. Yeah. Mm. Could just be that I'm, I'm, Swaying away from the uh, from cinema, but I'm just so much more interested in in older films at the moment than uh, what's coming mm-hmm. out from Hollywood. Oh, me too. I just like went through a film noir uh, weekend. <laughs> See, when I say older films, I'm talking things like L.A. Confidential. <laughs> oh, you think I, I'm films talking about like Black Narcissus? Or <laughs> this next one is Andrew J. Smith of Proper Games. And this was Digital Cowboys number 154, May 2010. Okay, <laughs> final question. Okay. It's a, it's a well, nice and easy one. Where will gaming be five years from now? <laughs> In my pocket. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's not a bad answer. Carry on. Um, yeah, I think, well, I, I can't wait to see what Nintendo's next handheld is. I mean, for me, that's where the excitement is. 
I would, I would imagine a 3DS. I think I predicted that about a year ago, and they're, they're just about <laughs> announcing it. They have, haven't they? Yeah. I'm, I'm just, yeah, a little bit giddy about that, you know. Um, and, and I think that's, that's where it's going to happen. I, 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 I don't know about five years, but you know, I think eventually you'll just have a console that you, you plug into a screen and it'll travel around with you. It's not, not some box under the telly. I'm hoping for some Ray Charles style Master System glasses for my console. <laughs> I think I think we're going to see a 3DS game from Proper Games. Ah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> Marvelous. Cool. He is the keeper of the Bridge of Death. He asks each traveller five questions. Three questions. Three questions. He who answers the five questions. Three questions. Three questions may cross in safety. But what if you get a question wrong? Then you are cast into the gorge of eternal peril. Their names are Alex Shaw and Tony Adkins. Alex and Tony from Digital Cowboys. Together they are the Digital Cowboys. Our friends, the Digital Cowboys. Digital Cowboys. Digital Cowboys. A dynamic duo of dynamite podcasters that deliver a show of divine quality each and every week. We just recorded uh, with the Digital Cowboys yes, right before this. Fun times. Two very, very swell chaps. The Digital Cowboys. Digital Cowboys. Digital Cowboys. I just recently appeared on the Digital Cowboys podcast. The Digital Cowboys. They're British. It was fun times because they're British. Yes. And they had the sexy accents. It's true. In-depth gaming discussion. With special guests and interesting questions. That's an interesting question. And I'm going to leave you with some snippets and goodies I found along the way while tracking down all of these responses. I'm hoping to do another clip show sometime soon, so do let me know what you thought of this one. And a big thank you, of course, to all of our guests who were on over the years. And if you want to hear more from Tony on the video game front, go over to Kane and Rince, and you can hear him and the rest of the team going into similarly exhaustively researched detail as Gonzo. Question seven. Is there a trend in the industry you wish you could do away with? Bobby Blackwolf. First-person shooters? Good God, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's, okay. that's a big trend you can do. Would you do away with the, sh- the, the whole genre or just the dependence on it? No, I, it, I, I, I understand that you know the whole point of games is that you know games are basically just a glorified form of collision detection, and what's what's easier than a bullet hitting a body in terms of collision? That detection. is a really so, interesting way to classify games. Actually, I'd not even thought of that. A glorified way of collision detection. Yeah. yeah and, and you want to know who said that? Who? Cliff Blazinski. The He's wise man, young Clifford Blazinski. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that. So, but, but that's why there's so many shooters, because games are really just a glorified part of collision detection, and the easiest part of collision detection is bullet hitting a body. Yeah. The FPS is the platformer of this generation. So, you know, it, it's, you know, I'd like to see more variety in, in games. And, you know, some people are doing that. But, you know, it, it's, you know, that's kind of why I liked the music genre when it came out, because it was something different. It wasn't, you know, Halo 4. It wasn't, you know, all these first-person shooter games, which, you know, now, to me, as an outsider, somebody who doesn't play them, they all look the same to me. I'm like, oh... Now I'm looking down the barrel of a gun in World War II. Oh, now I'm looking down a barrel of a gun in the Middle East. Now I'm looking down the barrel of a gun on a big planet that's a ring that I can see the ground when I look up. But you're it's a space marine. 
I'm not arguing in favour of the Pegasus, for God's sake, man. The irony of this, of course, is that music-driven games are the uh, the biggest collision detection in the world because it's all about you just hitting the notes that are coming. We're down moving the on to that one in a bit. So your your trend in the industry would be the uh, what? Just FPS is being quite so um, overused in in yeah. Yeah. yeah proliferated. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to have more PC games that weren't shooters. Hell yeah. Because when I was at E3 and I went to the Windows 7 thing, I was invited out to uh, their uh, Windows 7 gaming lounge. It was like sh- first-person shooter, first-person shooter, first-person mm-hmm. shooter, first-person shooters, plant versus zombies. <laughs> that was what they were showing. And I'm like, there's only one game here I really care about seeing. I don't need to play Crisis 2 or Left 4 Dead or you know any of this other stuff. I- I'm not a big fan of those games. And I would like to play more PC games, but they're all shooters or World of Warcraft. I was going to say, two years ago, maybe three, it would have been like MMOs, 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 MMOs. We're going to be, this is going to be so fantastic. This is the thing. It's like, you know, I'm here in, uh, you know, I'm in Georgia out here, and uh, there's a growing game industry out here. Like, because Georgia was one of the first states in the U.S. to offer tax breaks. I know the U.K. Mm -hmm. is now going to start offering tax Mm -hmm. breaks. Believe it or not, U.K. actually looked at what the state of Georgia is doing to kind of, model what they wanted their tax breaks to be uh so we we were one of the first and so i'm i know a lot of these companies here in georgia and out of like all like the 50 or so game companies that are sprouting up here only two of them are not making an mmo oh crap everybody else is making an mmo do they not study the markets surely there's one there's one company that does that's doing uh uh cell phone games and another one did Red, red orchestra all right. Which is first person shooter. So those are like the only two that I know of. Everybody else, like, I mean, we have now have CCP, the U.S. Uh, loc- the U.S. headquarters of CCP, which does EVE Online, is here in Georgia. Yeah. And they're all, they're working on an MMO based on the White Wolf franchise, uh, the World of Darkness. Uh, but then we've got Global Agenda out here from High Res Studios, which actually was funny. They re- recently released a campaign. It was called the No Elves campaign. Uh-huh. And it talks about, you know, MMOs, and it's got this elf, like, magic person, and, like, this guy comes in with a, a gun and just, like, shoots his head off. Because people and are sick like, of it. No elves. Mind you, I think the MMO genre is now splitting in all sorts of different ways. I, I think it's come down to that, you know, there's a, the genre of them that are actually going to make you know, millions of people play them. So, you know, we hope that Star Wars, uh, no, not What's it called? Star Wars... The Old Republic. The Old Republic uh, goes on and, and has probably one or two million players, and obviously WoW is a non-stop with was it 10, 12? It's a, it's a trillion now, I believe. <laughs> no, but, so I think it's like 30 million. I think, I think there's a lot of developers now that are actually seeing that they're never going to hit that and they're actually going to be happy with just half a million players, 500,000, 600,000 players. And I think if they, if they keep their sights set low a lot of the times and maybe they can be, you know, the breakout hit because really I think that it looks like there is only really room for one or two of these big guys to be making all the money from this and hence why you're seeing so many go free for play and then selling you on these the little bits everywhere because i don't think the the, the whole get, or the pc industry just doesn't seem to be able to support more than one or two of these big boys and somebody will take down world of warcraft because of i remember yeah. i remember when we all said oh wow everquest is so flipping huge yeah nobody's ever going to take down everquest and i actually remember because I was playing at the time, we're like, the guys that make the Warcraft RTS are making an MMO. I <laughs> <laughs> thought it was the most hilarious thing. We're like, yeah, that's going to go far. <laughs> right, uh, number six. What's your favorite piece of music or from a video game? Leon Cox. 
Yeah, I mean, this is in, this is another phenomenally hard one, as I'm sure all your guests say. But uh, the one that always leaps straight to mind is the tune that's called Into the Thick of It from Secret of Mana by Hiroki Kakuta. Oh, I love Secret of Mana. Could you just hum it? Because uh, all of my Secret of Mana tracks have it. It's all in Japanese. Ah, uh, right. It's the one that goes... <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to dig out. The uh, no, the, the Secret of Mana soundtracks uh, a class above virtually every RPG. It's truly epic. It's fantastic. Well, when, when you when I started trying to think of it, all I could think of was frigging Chrono Trigger with a. We should release an album, album dude, just named. Coldman. Number one, choose three Desert Island games. You have power but no internet connection. Oh, good lord. Um, okay, Hunter on the Atari ST. Okay. Uh, best game ever. Um, Metal Gear Solid. Brilliant. Um, and Pang. Pang. It's sticking in my head. Was there a Super Pang? There was a Super Pang, yeah. I yeah. On the Super Nintendo. Um, bursting yeah. Bubbles with Harpoons. Yes. Okay. okay. And you oh, do maybe that... Windjammers, shit. Wind... Hang on. Oh, oh Windjammers rings a bell. You are... Oh, these yeah, are games... You know, frisbee Tennis. Yeah, I remember it from the pub. Oh, God. <laughs> you are putting games in my head that I haven't thought of since I was 12. Right, okay. Well, if you do nothing else, go and play Hunter on the Atari ST. I will. I forget that, everything. That's our first Desert Island ST game, so obviously, yeah. <laughs> it, you found a hat, you've gone down more the More love for the ST. We need more love for the ST. Okay. Uh, number two, all-time favourite gaming machine and why? Good Lord. Dreamcast. 
Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, simply because it, it was beautiful. Yeah. And I just remember being blown away by the fact that I was playing games online on a console way before yeah. I even thought it was possible. You know, playing whatever that toy car racing game was. Um, number four, why do you play games? Why do I play games? Because uh, I have to, because I'm paid to. <laughs> First no. time anyone said that. Um, uh, no, that's a very good reason to, but it's okay. not, that's, not, that's not why. Um, because, well, you know, it's, it, it feels like they're mine. I feel very much like, you know, and you, know, you guys as well, we're all part of that generation that just games kind of belong to. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, And from that, it's our duty to keep to keep that alive, to introduce as many people as we can to it, and just keep keep the whole thing burning. Because I don't know, it feels like very much a part of my life. So it'd be it'd be wrong with me to put it down. So if I play Guitar Hero for eight hours on Friday night, that's actually for the future generations. You, yeah, you're doing your exactly. duty. Exactly. Okay. It's your responsibility. Right. Okay. Number five. What is your worst gaming experience ever? My worst gaming experience ever. Uh, maybe trying to play Battlefield earlier. Save it for what you've been playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, actually, we, we will be doing what we've been playing in a second. Okay, right, so that was a headache and a half. I, I can, I've detected on Twitter a certain amount of uh, animosity to that one. Right, number six, what is your favourite piece of music from a video game? Oh, now that's that's really tricky. Because I know. That, that's, so that's a... A toss-up between quite a few things. One, either the entire soundtrack to Katamari Damacy. Okay. Um, or, if we're just going individual tracks, either the Halo theme, the Metal Gear Solid theme from The Sons of Liberty. The Harry Gregson Williams one, which goes... That's, that's the one. Awesome. Or perhaps just the Legend of Zelda theme. It's probably the Legend of Zelda theme. Um, but from the SNES version? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's Halo, Zelda, and Metal Gear that constantly playing in my head and Ketamari we'll, we'll do a cool remix of those three in here oh god no I did, a, I did a remix of both versions of Still Alive the um, uh, Portal version and the Mirror's Edge version I'm never doing that again it's <laughs> awful so, actually the way to look at it is it, have you ever had a, uh, a game theme as your ringtone on your phone yes so what was it it was Metal Gear Solid and mine was Halo. And actually, yeah. whenever whenever Tony phones me, it plays the Halo music from the uh, from the from the Halo Three uh, cheeser with that ding. So that, that's how you answer the question. So mine used to be Zelda. So I think it'd be funny. Okay. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> what is there a trend in the industry you wish you could do away with? Um. Yes. <laughs> Are you at liberty to say? <laughs> um, I think it would be review scores, I think. Okay, that's a good one.
What's your favourite piece of music from a video game? Bobby Blackwolf. Jeez, now i got to go th- think through my entire collection of game music. <laughs> Everyone's still always the music director at I'm the music director at All Games Radio, so it's like I've got all these, like half my iPod's just game music. Um, you know, you, you know, I'm a fan of a lot of people's music. I'm, I'm always a big fan of Nobuo Uematsu. I, I'm a, a, you know, big fan of, you know, all, a lot of like the, you know, Chrono Trigger and the Kingdom Hearts series, but also, you know, Tommy Tallarico's stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. But really, the one that got me the most recently is, uh, it's a song called ba- Baba Yetu. Oh, yeah. And uh, you you probably have not you you probably don't know what it is when I just said it's called Baba Yetu. Mm-hmm. It is the menu theme from Civilization Four, and it's it sounds it's like kind of like an African jungle beat. But the interesting thing about it that not many people know is that it's actually the Lord's Prayer in Swahili. Hmm. Is that the one that's on the video games live? Um, yes, I have it. I'm okay, brilliant. Well, we can play that for you. Okay. Baba Yetu Yetu Lie Imgun. You know, it's the Lord's Prayer in Swahili. That's fantastic. And when I learned that, I was like, because I liked the song beforehand, and then, like, it was only, like, a couple of weeks ago I learned actually what the words were. And so that just blew me away. But Christopher Tam, who did that song, he did a beautiful job with it, and the Video Games Live rendition was amazing, too. Yeah. I got it, to meet Christopher right after Civ Four came out, and he did not realize how good of a song that was. Yeah. And uh, he was he was kind of very because it was his first GDC after Civ Four came out, and he was he was very surprised at the reaction.
Number one, choose two desert island games you have power and rock band two with your favorite instruments but no internet connection. God. Tetris and Crazy Taxi. Okay. Street Fighter 4 and Final Fantasy 10. Number two, who is your most admired figure in the games industry or community? Faster, faster, faster. God. Will Wright. Go on, Will Wright. Okay, yeah, he's good. He's been a popular one before. Um, I will go with. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I will go with uh, uh, Peter Molyneux. Oh, see, man, see now that one, I'd love to know why. I feel like we're doing it at such speed that we we're are not doing really it a disservice. Full yeah. service. Do you just want to leave this bit because I think ultimately to do it pr- proper justice, it takes about ten, fifteen minutes, and we're currently actually running long by five minutes. You gotta love our show. We try to fit so much into it. <laughs> yeah, but I think ultimately, <laughs> I've got reactions to be honest. It's kind of funny to hear Joe say Pizza Molini. Okay. <laughs> Long as people know that, let's continue on. Okay. Number three, what's your worst gaming experience? Uh, going to, trying to go to the PS3 launch and pick up a free telly and going to the wrong place. Oh, you went to Comet. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the game store which wasn't doing it. <sighs> HMV was. Yep. I'm going to be so ready when they're doing that shit again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be so pre-ordering it in London. Okay. Joe. Joe. Um, Spending $130 on a 32X only to find out seven days later that they had discontinued it. God! Wow. (laughs) I'm glad we continued this now. That's fun. Okay, number four. What's your favorite piece of music from a video game? And we'll play it for you. Oh, cool. I'm going to go with an obscure one. Um, You bastard. (laughs) <laughs> it's from Bionic Commander Rearmed. Yeah, and, got it. Uh, uh, I can't name the exact track. Hum it. Sounds like every 8-bit thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it sounds a little bit like this. Andrew J. Smith. Number two, what was your worst gaming experience ever? My worst gaming experience ever? Hmm. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't that the game was bad, it was just the experience. Um, Sega Rally Championship on the Saturn. Uh-huh. Okay, so I've been practicing and practicing and practicing, and I, I took the Saturn to school. And we, we Always won. a bad idea, but carry on. Always a bad idea. It's not as bad as that sounds, it was just my pride that was hurt. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so we had a competition, and and there was a kid who reckoned he was pretty good, and and all I'd ever practiced in was the Corolla, 
and uh, so we had a we had a race, and and he chose the Stratos, mm-hmm. and he was really good, and thrashed the pants off me by about a minute and a half. Ooh. And I just, Felt like he cheated. <laughs> was it just a time trial, or were you actually literally racing against him? Um, it was split screen. Split screen. Oh, so basically, he had to just sort of sit back and watch you finish. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry. And everyone else was watching. Yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty high on our worst experience. <laughs> okay. Forgiven. Uh, question three: Is there a trend in the industry you wish you could do away with? I think it would be hating on casual games. Yeah. If that could be called a trend, it's almost like an anti-trend, isn't it? Mm. Um, Explain it. it. Basically, I see all these wonderful light, um, low investment games. You know, these things you can pick up and just really enjoy for thirty seconds to, to ten minutes to half an hour, whatever you want to do, and, and they're being called casual games. You know, um, and and there's a lot of hate on them. I, I just see. I, I read a lot of negative articles. You know, discussing how oh, Facebook's um, you know taken away from the the core games industry and the Wii's destroying Nintendo's hardcore image and all this kind of thing. And it's like, you know what? As long as they keep putting out Super Mario Galaxy type games, yeah. I'm going to be a happy guy. And I don't see them stopping doing that. So I'd love it if everyone just kind of stopped whinging. What's your favourite piece of gaming music? Oh, that's an interesting one. I've got a long kind of passionate history with gaming music mm-hmm. um, but I think the the one that left the biggest impression on me was stage 5 of Res the first time I played it yeah um, I actually have that it's yeah it's Adam Freeland mm-hmm. and it's called Fear Don's Magical Edit Remix or something like that mm-hmm. and just I'd played through the entire game in one sitting the first time and I was completely entranced and then this particular level, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it, and they should get the HD version on Xbox Live because it's sublime. But um, it was the closest thing I've ever... It's the closest to a, kind of a transcendental experience, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I actually had shivers running down my spine when it happened. Jesus. Seven, seven and a half minutes of just... Yeah, it's long. Yeah, of, of just amazing um, experience. And, and the track is a long track. But um, the the level that and the memories that it brings back for me, would, uh, they're just vivid even now. I can I can imagine myself in that cold room in halls when I was playing it at university, and it was on a tiny little 14-inch Samsung screen, you know, with tinny tinny speakers that vibrated when the bass got too loud. But it just it just didn't matter. It was just amazing, and I and I came out of a trance when that game finished and uh, didn't really do anything for the rest of the evening. Tell me you didn't have the trans vibrator attached. No, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to go there. But, you know, I think you've almost sold Res to me. I've never really been able to get into it before, but that's uh, that's a pretty starry-eyed account of it. Yeah, I mean, it it does actually build up, and I think that's the whole idea of that final level, is you've had all this chaos building up into it, and it kind of starts off like that, but then everything's kind of peaceful and flattens out until it kind of ramps up again right at the very end. But like I say, it's a long level, but I've got it out. You should come. Yeah, actually, you're around this weekend, we should go. You know what? I will. I will.
Finally, Neil Brooks. Right, uh, number six. What's your favourite piece of music or from a video game? Um, I don't even know if it is in, in the game because I haven't played it long enough. That piece of music that was connected to the Ico trailer. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah no, it's the Minas Crossing. Trail, it's Minas Crossing. It's, yeah, it yes. won't be in it. Of course it won't be in it. It's from a movie. It's it's actually part a part of the movie's soundtrack. It's, it's by Elmer Bernstein or something like that. I've actually got oh, it. Oh, right, okay. Okay, uh, well, the, I've, I've the, uh, the, the music that plays on the uh, track mode for Eco is similarly lovely, so uh, yeah. you, could, you could have that one. I'm sure that still makes it's, you think It's not the same, though. Seriously, no, that, that, uh, that, I've heard that piece of music described as what every Irish person hears when they go to heaven, and I just started crying just thinking about it. <laughs> um, it's, it's absolutely lovely. Breathtaking. Yes. And by the way, it was Carter Burwell, not Elmer Bernstein, and the uh, music is just called The Opening Title for Miller's Crossing. And this was on the initial teaser trailer for The Last Guardian by T. Miko. At the time of this recording is still yet to emerge.